0: Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski. Jeff Snyder is the head of global research for Alhambra Partners. And he has been the one warning us for months at Alhambra Partners on his blog that something is wrong. The economy is ticking away. It's in the financial media. You must have heard about it. Inversion. That means the United States is on tap, probably, for a recession sometime in the future. When did that possibility start becoming probable? Well, we believe it was in October 2021, and in several recent episodes, we have gone over reasons, macroeconomic and monetary, why something changed in October, and how a flattening of the U.S. Treasury yield curve began, which eventually led to inversion. We are now going over reason number five. Why is the United States heading towards recession? Because something happened in October. What is that something Well, you can read along. It's posted at Alhambra on the 7th of April, 2022. The title, Every Time Debt Ceiling Impacts Collateral Producing Inevitable Deflationary Currency. Jeff, our story starts late September when Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen wrote the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, and told her that the couch cushions have been shaken. And there's not much left for the United States government, and October 18th looks like a drop dead deadline.
1: Set the late September debt ceiling, so the the Treasury Department had to dip into, as you said, the couch cushions, which meant all sorts of accounting tricks and moving accounts around. You know, moving the checking account to the savings, all the stuff that the Treasury Department was doing to get itself prepared for this debt ceiling deadline. And what Ms. Yellen was telling Ms. Pelosi is that look. By October 18th, our tricks will run out and we'll be forced to start cutting, making actual real world revisions to how we operate the Treasury Department. We are going to be talking about the debt ceiling and what the concern
0: over the debt ceiling. Have we talked about what the debt ceiling is, Jeff? I guess that the United States will run out of money and therefore fail to pay their treasuries or what? what is the problem or Actually, what is the problem?
1: The problem is the debt ceiling isn't really a debt ceiling, and it's all really ridiculous nonsense in theater. But really, legally, it says, because, I mean, there's an idea that the federal government should get its fiscal house in order. So let's impose a limit to how much it can borrow, which is a stupid, laughable fiction, yeah. because everybody knows that the federal government will never get its house in order. And it doesn't matter what statute you place on top, it's going to do what it's going to do. But because this debt ceiling exists, because we pretend that it matters, what happens is the Treasury Department says, once we get to this limit, I can't borrow any more money from the marketplace, which means because the government doesn't balance its books, it would actually have to cut back in spending to more closely match, not perfectly, but more closely match its actual revenues which is the stated purpose of the debt ceiling is to try to force the government to live within its means but since the debt ceiling has been around for how many more decades it obviously doesn't do anything substantial and so we have to play this game every couple years where the debt ceiling needs to be raised because the federal government just borrows more and more more and more more and more and more more and more 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 and more and once they get close to the debt ceiling the Treasury Department starts to get prepared because it you know, prudence demands that it can't just one of these days. Maybe the debt ceiling doesn't get raised, and then what is the Treasury Department going to do? So it actually has to do some of these accounting and other types of issues, it, just out of abundant overabundance of caution that the debt ceiling doesn't get raised. And so, how
0: does this affect money market funds, which are purchasing Treasury bills? Because the punchline of our story is that Treasury bill price volatility began to appear in October. And so this was because money market funds were reacting how and why to the potential of a
1: debt ceiling failure. Just like the Treasury Department money market funds, some money market funds act on an overabundance of caution. Let's say you're a money market fund. You hold a four-week or an eight-week Treasury bill, whatever it happens to be, and the maturity of that Treasury bill just so happens to be just on the other side of the debt ceiling. Now, if the debt ceiling doesn't get raised, this infinitesimally small possibility, then there's an even more small possibility that the government isn't able to pay off the treasury bill that you have in your portfolio, which means you would have an unpriced obligation that has an uncertain future. I mean, yeah, the government's probably going to pay it off, but how would you value that? As a money market fund where you don't break the buck, you have an illiquid instrument that's past its due date, that isn't get paid. You now have to lower your net asset value, which means you're out of business. So out of an over, over, overabundance of caution, money market funds react to the treasury department's over, over, abundance of caution, which means at certain times where they get to the debt ceiling, they avoid any treasury bills that might expire around that debt ceiling date, which means they don't buy them or they sell them or they get rid of them, which as you said, Emil, creates all sorts of volatility in the bill market. Which, as we know, and longtime viewers will know, that's a problem because the bill market is very, very important to monetary sufficiency and liquidity throughout the world. Yes, you call it the ultimate liquidity instrument, the most, the best of the best of the best.
0: It's always on the run. It's very short term, very little price volatility expected. Perfect. And yet we're faced with a situation so counterintuitive where market participants are saying, nah, I don't want this perfect collateral no and we see the graph over here and you've uh, put a nice red box around october 5th where we see a spike in a treasury bill yield this is the four week yield and then we see a later spike again in november at the end of november and is that what we were witnessing and is that what you believe was the another reason another monetary reason disorder another crack in the edifice that was already the facade that helped push market participants towards uh, some sort of uh, much, much less optimistic view of the future.
1: Yeah, it was well, a hell of a lot of coincidences, if not, right? Because you have the timing, which was, I believe, the spike, the volatility in bill yields that started late September reached a crescendo around all October mm-hmm. Fifth or sixth, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. which just so happens to be the same very same week we saw a spike in repo fails, which indicates, you know, not directly observing, but at least indicates tightening of collateral. Volatility in bills means there's probably less, you know, repo counterparties are not going to like that. They're going to demand other forms of collateral. And you can see how it could kind of snowball from there. And the real the big one is October 8th. October 8th comes up time and time again. Because that was the date in which the flattening in the treasury curve, the flattening in the euro dollar futures curve, they all go back to October 8th. So something happened around the early part of October, which created the conditions where the market said, we're going to hedge a little bit. We're going to look at more of a deflationary potential than otherwise everybody else seems to be doing. You just said deflationary potential, deflationary
0: monetary potential, not consumer price increases, ladies and gentlemen. Deflationary, monetary, credit, collateral, money, economic activity potential. Jeff, if the audience wanted to see some of our other episodes where we focus on October for monetary and macroeconomic reasons, they can learn what we thought about inventory, how it started to accumulate, episode 209. Real income, how it started to flatten and stagnate, episode twenty two thirteen. Also, securities lending by the Fed accelerated right in October, right in that time period. That's episode 204. And then repo agreements, you, you just mentioned them. Repo agreement fails by primary dealers, episode 205. Jeff, that's it
1: for me on this episode. Anything that we didn't mention that you think is absolutely vital. Just one more thing is that this... The reason we're zeroing in on the debt ceiling, treasury bills, all this stuff, is that because this is not the first time it's happened. When we look back through history, coincidentally enough, every single time we go from reflation into deflationary currency, especially where it pertains to collateral, there's a debt ceiling episode embedded within the, the, the early months. As you just said, October 2013, right in that space before we got to euro dollar number three, September 2017, right before we get to Eurodollar number four, we have, what was it? Uh, I forget the exact month, but in 2011, again, June, I think it was June, uh, May and June of 2011. Again, just before we get to the worst part of euro dollar number two, debt ceiling, volatility in, in billiards, And it's not just volatility too. It's also that one of the accounting tricks or one of the fiscal maneuvers that the Treasury Department engages in. Is they cut back and scale back on the availability of the issuance of treasury bills, which means you have volatility in price at the same time the supply of them is restricted, which of course is going to be a problem because collateral is a vital part of the monetary system. So we're not saying the debt ceiling causes the issue, but it's weird how it repeats. It always seems to be there. And so we have to consider that it's a very heavy contributing factor. And of course, Now, here we are uh, more than six months later, we've seen curves go completely haywire, deflationary currency probabilities, as well as prices all over the place, as we talked about with Mike Green, you know, Eurodollar futures and Fed Fund futures options that are, you know, forward predictions of negative rates that are rising in value. So there's there's stuff going on here, and it all goes back to October and here again, the debt ceiling, unnecessary, stupid, insane, but yet it, it seems to be a contributing factor.
0: If our monetary technocrats, our leaders in the U.S. Treasury knew how important U.S. Treasury bills were to the functioning of the monetary system and the economy, if they watched this show, if they realized the coincidences that happen each time before we begin a downturn in economic activity, Jeff, then they would stop the pretending. They would put the onus back on Congress and they would keep spending producing (laughs) Treasury bills as much as necessary. So it's not to upset the system and tell Congress to, you know, you've guys figured it out. If you don't pass the treasury uh, debt ceiling increase, then heh, that's your fault. We're not going to upset the system and starve it because maybe, maybe, maybe you guys don't get around to returning from vacation. Congress, lowest ratings of confidence by the American people.